welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. I am so excited to share that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Motto. Motto is the new no-nonsense hookup app for gay and queer people. Hookup apps have become a staple in queer culture, but they also come with bullshit. Headless torsos, blank profiles, catfishing, and endless scrolling of the grid for hours. We've all been there. On Motto, every profile is verified by a real human, and every photo has a face. Motto sends you daily matches of people who match your interests and kinks. There are no fees, no ads, and no nonsense. Get Motto today by going to tinyurl.com slash mottoblocktalk, or visit the link in my link tree. Motto, getting queer hookups without the nonsense. And as always, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit TheInTheNow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Queen of the Universe is back and things got spicy. Ten singing divas from around the globe have taken the stage to be crowned the Queen of the Universe. So who was pitch perfect and who was off key? It's time to talk all things about the two-part premiere of Queen of the Universe 2. And joining me is a drag vocalist who knows a little bit about this little show. It's season one star, Nova Zar. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great and I'm so excited to have you here um, because... I know we've are we've done the interview. You've you've spilled some tea already, but now we can go through the episode. And if there are things that you want to throw out there that you're allowed to throw out there, I'm letting you have the permission to say what you're allowed to say. Right, um, my alleged opinion. <laughs> um, but I'm just gonna say it. This show makes me happy. Good. This show makes me happy because I love singing competitions. Um, I love drag. And this is a celebration. And I mean, yeah, some of the critiques were a little uh, spicy. Um, but at the end of the day, this is a really um, incredible platform for these drag artists. Yeah, the show's joy. It's fun. It's happy. It's a platform that a lot of artists don't necessarily get. Things have changed, obviously. But before we say our full thoughts on the episode, overall, what did you think about this two-part premiere? Overall, um, I'll be honest, it was like triggering for me to watch, but I, there were things that I really liked and things that I was like, Ooh, um, but I would say overall, I would give the like two part premiere, a, a solid B plus. I hear for it. B plus in the world of drag. That's a good thing nowadays. Yeah. 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 All right, friends, here we're going to go. Um, As always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us through reality television production. We are showing what the editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these are real people that are given the opportunity to go on television to share their craft, but they have also put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said in the podcast is for entertainment to discuss a reality television show. Now, before we begin, I do want to share some fun drag news of the week. The cast of Drag Race France season two has been revealed. Um, they did them dirty. I, I'm Nikki. I'm going. I'm going to call you out, but you got to tell your friends. Why did you put them in solid colors? It was oh, so flat. do you not so like flat. that? I like 
fun. Okay, listen, after season one and those like Baroque costumes, Mm -hmm. I expected a high bar of drag for the promo, but um, Nikki looked great. I mean, no, I know what you mean. I, I honestly, it's really hard to obviously keep up with all, like all the drag race seasons. And that's why um, I do it for everybody. Right. Which, listen, we appreciate it, honey. Um, yeah, no, but I remember now that you mentioned the Baroque sort of aesthetic for season one, that was really sickening and like right off the gate, like fierce. Yeah. But for for the upcoming season, I, I guess I can see how it can maybe be like a slight bit of a downgrade. Um, but I mean, for me personally, I live for like a color block moment. Sure, absolutely. So if it's giving me like, you know, season two of Canada or sorry, season two of UK um, with how everybody had like a certain color, I think mm-hmm. that's I like that aesthetic. Yeah, that's fair. And okay. I did that for, for Queen of the Universe season two as well. And I was like, to me, this like as a whole is a, a little easier on the eye yeah well queen of the universe uh promo season two damn they look good yeah they no. budget yeah they definitely looked really really fierce all right let's begin our season starts with an intro package where glitter has bedazzled the world and literally turned landmarks into gay and drag things the eiffel mm-hmm. tower is now lipstick the golden bridge in vietnam has nail polish on the hands mount rushmore gave the dead presidents a makeover lipstick and the London Eye is a disco ball. Now, I want to ask you, because I just went to London for the first time for DragCon in January. Did you get any time to explore the city? I got more time to explore in London than I had on that damn show. That's what I can tell you. That's fair. <laughs> did you get to did you do the London Eye? I did not do the London Eye. No, no. But I went to see like Frozen um, in the West End like the day after I got eliminated mm-hmm. by myself and downed like three glasses of champagne um and cried because it was you know a cathartic experience um i went to different parks and museums and restaurants and you know it was it was very that it was beautiful i really really like london yeah i would love to go back yeah me me too i just would like to go back in warmer temperatures um because january oh yeah you went was that in january that was january oh no 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 see when i was there it was like fall it was like Mm -hmm. september spring or no, what? September, October, um, fall weather. Yeah. So yeah, I had the um, it's gonna be sunny at eight o'clock in the morning and dark by five. And I was like, this is not working for me. Uh-uh. Yeah. Give me give me light. Yeah. Anyway, it's the only all drag singing competition. It's back. Ten international drag queens sing to win two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Standing between them and the prize are four pop icons and allegedly a studio audience, but we're going to get to them later. (laughs) Uh, Now, I will say in that little intro package, they tease future performances of certain queens. So um, don't pay attention or you're going to be spoiled on the result for this double premiere. What do they do? Why do they do that? You know, why do they do anything when it comes to World of Wonder and the way that they produce their shows? Um, I mean, I f- you like, are you asking, like, why do they do a double premiere? No, why do they put other performances from later on in the season in this, like, very beginning intro package? Oh, like, we yes, saw looks yes, from other yes. queens, like, oh, they're not getting eliminated. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm right there with you because I was, I remember looking at that and being like, okay, so she goes a little far, she goes a little far, she goes a little far. And then the people who are not, you know, in that little segment promo fantasy, you can clearly tell that they're not going to go 
that far in the season. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't really like that. It's like, can you give us a little bit of illusion? Exactly. Now, friends, for those who listen to the season one recaps, you know I'm obsessed with the Queen of the Universe theme song and how they use the bumper like the fucking all the fucking time. So we will once again bring you the Queen of the Universe bumper count each episode. And it's time. It's begun. If you want to take a drink of your favorite libation or drink of water, let's do it. We have our very first Queen of the Universe bumper count. Now, you know how I said I love the song. We're going to hear the queens sing it from their, quote, host city of London. And by host city, it's simply just the place where it's cheapest to film. I see you, World of Wonder. I know what you're doing. Yeah, Um, it's very that. I thought like... I thought like from last season, oh my God, the winning seat, uh, country is going to get to host it kind of like Eurovision, but they were mm. not bringing this show to Brazil. No, no. Well, I also feel like it's from when I, when I was there, I was like, why are we in London? And they're like, well, it's central for everybody. And I'm like, um, sure. Okay. I guess. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're going to hear the song queen of the universe as sung by the cast in a very new rendition Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that I kind of love that each queen has a line that kind of fits them. I'm assuming uh, our our friend Leland was a big part of the writing process of that. I I don't know how that played out, um, but I actually really liked that as well. um, Because like on our season, we all got to like come out and have our own little moment and do our little you know, like entrance, entrance line. line. Yeah. Yeah. But I like the fact that to me, any chance that you have to actually sing on this show is golden opportunity. It's like, it's like golden nuggets. So yeah. the fact that each of them had their little mo- solo moment. Now I found it interesting that some of them um, had a little more time than others. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that some of them were able to show a little more range than others. Um, but like I said, any opportunity you can to sing on this show, um, specifically with the way that they like to eliminate people, um, I think is a blessing. Absolutely. All right. Let's go through some of them. Taiga, hola from Mexico. Brava. Get ready for the show. Good mm-hmm. writing. Easy writing. That was very, yeah. very smart. Yeah. Uh, Chloe says she gives, she's going to give sex an ass and looks to kill. Um, but really girl that look killed you, but we're going to get to you later. Mm-hmm. Militia, I thought she came out with a punch. Um, from the Bay to LA, look at us um, uniting the two biggest cities of California <laughs> coming together. Um, Maxi, the fact that this bitch got the line that she'll be here for eternity and her name is not Aura Eternal is hilarious to me. Mm, shade. Shady. Um, Giselle, listen, mm. Trixie was gagged when she entered and she said you want a winner i'm your answer um i think it's foreshadowing i mean it's giselle royale yeah she is she's that diva like Mm -hmm. she walked out looking like a fucking goddess that beautiful i mean i know we're gonna get to the looks but just her presentation and the way that you know melodically it fit in her voice i thought was really striking for sure Miss Estrada, uh, she brought the opera, and I wish it was a form of music that we in the gay community appreciated a little bit more, but alas, um, we just don't. Right, right. Listen, I went to an art high school for musical theater when I was in, um, you know, in my younger years, I guess. Um, and I never, like, I had to go see operas a lot, and I never really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a lot of respect for it, and I think it's Absolutely. cool that they are, you know, showing that side of 
music and singing in this sort of competition. Aura. So by the end, we will see why she's from Sicily. Girl, I watched your season of Drag Race. I still don't know what that means. <laughs> I love her, though. I love her so much. Uh, love so Mississi. Where she's been makes her who she is. From Haiti to NYC to Amsterdam, the girl gets around. Yes. Okay, so Mississi is one of my dear friends. I love her. Um, I've known One of her my from- favorite interviews from DragCon last year. Oh, yeah. She is so sweet, so down to earth. Um, she is just like, she's the best and I'm really happy for her. Um, Trevor, all she wants to be up there is Trevor Ashley. Okay, then. Um, Work. Great. And cool. Viola, she is a competition queen, really? You, you've never done a competition besides online, but whatever. She can sing, sew a dress, and play the kazoo. I say do it at the same time, bitch. Right. And and make sure you're on a unicycle and juggling fire. Exactly. And doing your taxes. Um, I think this was such a fun way to start the show. Um, and it was a brilliant way to get the song stuck in everyone's head. Yeah. No, absolutely. Because it already mm-hmm. kind of is. But this and is now a you can like- download this version on Apple Music. Yes. All right. Let's say hi to our host. It's Graham Norton. Now, did you get to interact with Graham during filming or was he just off in his own world? Um, the only time that I really interacted with Graham was right after I sang. Um, mm-hmm. so I found it interesting that when before the Queens performed, like Graham had a little interview section with them, which I kind of wish that I would have had that too, because I don't know. Yeah. I know it some of the Queens were like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. But I feel like being able to talk to somebody like the host before you got on the stage might calm the nerves a little bit. Um rather than just like throwing you out there, which is yeah. kind of what happened to me. Um, but yeah, that was really the only time that I talked to him. That's fair. I got to see the Grand Nor- Norton show while I was in London, which was really, really exciting because I'm a huge fan of that show. Jealous. Um, so Who much were fun. the celebrities? Uh, we had, oh God, Jamie Dornan from Fifty Shades. Um, I don't remember. The the uh, Sister Michael from Dairy Girls. Okay. Um, James Dorn. Nor- James Norton from uh, 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 one of the British shows that I've now fallen in love with. Um, I can't remember the name. I'm uh, put me on the spot. And then, oh, we had um, what's his face, Louis Capaldi, and he performed twice. He say- had to sing the song twice, uh, which wow. was really cool. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a fun experience. Cool. Now we'll officially find out that the grand prize is two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and maybe. Maybe if you're lucky, you can go host a franchise of Drag Race somewhere, but that's only speculation coming out of my mouth. Oh, who do you think? We can't say anything. Mm, we can't say anything. It's not ah. official yet. Interesting. Also, uh, as a reminder, um, this prize is still bigger than the cash money prize you can win on Drag Race. So there is that. It's true. It's true. It's crazy to think you can do, quote, less in less time on this show and get more money and put your entire life savings on drag race and probably not get a cent. You know, that actually is a very good point. Um, because I will say like, at least on my season, drag race, you do way more and a lot more is expected of you. Um, not to say that, you know, singing and the work done behind Mm -hmm. the scenes, not you know, worthy of the cash prize. Um, but it's interesting how i i mean i guess when it comes to this sort of show like what they're looking for is like in my opinion the next like pop Mm -hmm. icon um and it i feel like if the prize money is that much then they must think that that sort of um 
field of entertainment is more profitable yeah. than America's Next Drag Superstar, which is interesting given the fact that it's a new show. But, Agreed. you know. So Graham tells us that each week our 10 international queens must impress the drag-loving studio audience and survive the scrutiny of the legendary pop diva panel. Mm. Let's meet our pop diva panel. We have Michelle Visage, Vanessa Williams, who has swap seats, Trixie <laughs> Mattel, and taking over for Leona Lewis, it is Mel B of Spice Girls fame. Now, I liked Leona. I thought she seemed very genuine. She did have good critical feedback, which I always love on a singing competition. So, but for the fans, I think, I guess Mel B is an upgrade. Well, um, Leona was going to do it, but she got pregnant. So that's, that's why they replaced Mel B. But I mean, I would say that out of all the judges, Trixie and Leona were probably my favorites no shade towards Vanessa or um yeah. Michelle but <clears throat> like when Van- Vanessa was like oh yeah like you know you need to be able to do this this and this and this and you know you need to be able to sing this song in the original key blah blah, blah. and Leona was like yeah but like if you can't sing it in a different key then like you should have that option right. and so I felt like Leona kind of w- understood it a little more and was giving more of like a good cop sort of vibe but i loved mel b's energy absolutely she's used to it she's done this up for other programs so she knows what she's yeah. doing yeah and she just like added this sense of spice and excitement um and light and flair to the judges panel that i don't know i think it makes it a little more exciting Our theme this week is No Place Like Home, where they have to serve looks inspired by their nations and perform songs they've chosen as their personal drag anthem. What would you have done for this themed challenge? Oh, gosh. Um, Something to represent my home. Oh, God. I don't know. Um, I've always, like, want to do something musical theater related. Um, But, you know usually they're like no you must do something that's like more pop inspired but i mean my mind always goes to something like the wizard and i from wicked Mm -hmm. um you know because when i think about that i think about you know how i want to be celebrated in you know or i guess alphabet wants to be celebrated in all of oz and she wants the whole world to know who she is and she's so eager and so excited to have that opportunity or even think about the possibility And I feel like that very much represents how I feel about New York City and how I just, you know, now in my career, I just want to be a New York City legend. And, you know, I look up to people who have come before me and who are existing now. Um, So I feel like that would probably represent. You sold me. It works for me. I get it. I like it. Yeah. So for those fans of season one, please note that this season, they will no longer be judged on WAP. That terrible pun that was trying to be cunt of the show which stood for what you're wearing, all-star attitude and performance. Right. What do you think WAP got the chop? Um, I guess because they didn't, <laughs> this is so shady. Um, I think because some of the people who went farther than I did on the season didn't have that full package. I agree. It just didn't work. I know why they intended it because you are trying to get the drag race loving fans over and it does have a similarity. It just, it, Bad, bad, bad choice. Um, again, it was coming right off of the song WAP, and it, no, it didn't, it didn't work. Yeah. Um, try, try again for season three. You have time. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All 
All right, let's get to our first singer. From Cancun, Mexico, the trade of the season, Tiger Brava. Um, she says that Cancun is very pretty and very hot. And I'm just, I'm like, just, just like you. Mm-hmm. She tells us it's known for super good shows and nightclubs and how drunk you can get in a couple hours. And gorgeous metaphors. Um, I've never been to Cancun, but it's on my wish list one day. Yeah, I've never been to Cancun either. Um, but baby... I would love to go. <laughs> yeah. We will learn that she started drag two years ago as a result of therapy. Also, in this moment, we are going to see what Viola looks like uh, out of drag, and that is Harry Potter, but we will get to that twink later. Mm. She shares that Mexican boys are not supposed to be feminine and is looked at as a negative thing. She has the struggle of not being too gay or feminine, fighting the norms of masculinity. Growing up, she shares her and her sister would do shows for their parents as girl groups. She saw her father's face, and it was not a good face. She broke the system for herself, which is what her drag is about, and she's ready to be the badass bitch she was born to be. I always love these kind of intro packages because you get to learn about the queens and 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 fans of the podcast know I love learning about different cultures through drag. Um, so this is a really cool way to get to know Tyga and Mexico. No, absolutely. And I Tyga's package to me was so polished and just it it felt um very modern um but it also felt like she was seasoned um and i just loved her energy it was very vibrant um and exciting and positive and yeah she is so beautiful in and out of drag i i actually lived and i loved her singing so her look is by juan yervedes hair by noah ceseres nails by leon accessorios i think this is a very interesting look it's kind of tex-mex but make it gay like the pink color story very fun mm-hmm. i'm not sure i love the purple branch part on the um front but this was very easy simple look and definitely reads i'm hot either way you get me yeah no absolutely i totally agree with you she will be taking on Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish. And as someone who's not very familiar with the William Eilish uh, songbook, this was a moment to hear a re- fresh rendition of a pretty good song. She's got pop star quality with that higher register, but went low. And I was like, oh, that's a man. The set she had was very cute. It felt like a quinceanera. Very interesting there. Also, I'm just going to shout this out now. Um, my season one crush dancer, uh, Charlie Goddard is back. Um, he's very sexy and don't worry, I will shout him out all season long. Mm. Um, you didn't get to have the dancers your first episode, did you? Um, <clears throat> I did not, but the song that they gave me wasn't giving like, I need like 20 backup dancers. Right. <laughs> you know this, what I mean? This episode, they said, no, you all have to have a backup dancer, even if they literally stand there. Yeah, they because it it gives that production you know yeah. element. Um, so this, so I have some tea about this. So before I got cast on Queen of the Universe, um, <clears throat> mind you, that was a six month casting process, mm-hmm. and there was a moment where I had to send them like thirty songs, and then um, and and sing all of them for all of the producers and everybody. And then we cut the songs into half. And so I did like 15 songs. And then a couple of days before I got cast, um, I was sent a list of 10 songs that some of them I knew, some of them I didn't, but the producer producers had chosen those songs. So the song that I sang on my season, which was I'm Not a Girl Night a Woman from Anne Juliet, was on that list that they sent me. 
So some of the songs that are on season one and episode on season on episode one and episode two of season two were on that list of songs that they sent me as well. And this was one of them. So there are moments where I'm like, I can tell that you probably didn't choose that song because especially given the fact that she's from um, Cancun, I would think that she would want to do something a little more within her culture. Right. But of course this is a, you know, this is a TV show that's international and they got to make sure that it, it's a, um, you know, reaching the, the an audience, you know, as wide as possible. Absolutely. I, I agree. I think it was a fine performance. It was a fine way to start the season. I needed a little more power. And again, yeah. my note says, I think it was the song choice. But yeah. when she broke into Spanish, that's when the performance yes. came to life. And I was like, more of that. Make Mexico and her sissy, Regina Volce, newfound star of Drag Race Mexico, proud. Yes. I'm so proud of her. That's my girl. I'm very excited for her because I, I mean, again, another knockout from season one. Absolutely. Um, I'm very excited to see if she's going to bring that television experience to Drag Race Mexico. Um, I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah, she's the best. Let's go to what the judges said. Mel says, when the song started, she said it was a real emotional, deep song, but says she took it and made it 100% hers. She loved that she switched the language and embraced it even more. She says she looks gorgeous. Now, Tyga tells Mel that she used to be her when she was a little boy dancing with her sister, being a little five-year-old gay Mexican boy trying to figure it out himself. Mm. Vanessa says she heard her voice and power and the beautiful, deep, melodic kind of tone. She asks if there is anything in her life that made her pick that song. Um, so here's what she's going to say. Thaga says it's a love letter to herself of figuring out who she is and getting to point in her life where she could actually say to herself, it's okay to be who you are and embrace your femininity and look fabulous while doing it. So if she didn't pick the song, that was a great improvisation. Yeah, no, there were, this is what's so frustrating is like, because the judges asked me that too. And I so badly wanted to be like, I did not pick this song. <laughs> right. The producer picked it for me. Um, but I mean, in that moment, you kind of have to like figure something out, but they also, yeah, but they also like with me, they were like, oh, like, let's really try and push this non-binary narrative. And so I feel like they probably were feeding her things to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That's Trixie says you have to be really gorgeous to wear that kind of flat hair. And luckily she is really fucking gorgeous. She says, good for her. She will ask how the look represents her or Cancun and Tyga says she took a big inspiration in her life the first being the hat as she sang ranchero music and second was lucha libre which is Mexican wrestling so the cape she shares that everything she brought is built and done by Mexican drag queens she's not just representing for her country she's wearing them and Trixie will go on to say that she doesn't think that this song gave her the moment to jump off the diving board and do a trick Michelle agrees with Trixie in the sense that she has so much more to give she says as she came to life when she sang in Spanish instead of trying to bring it into Billie Eilish. She says mm-hmm. the vocals are there and says it's all going to be about the song for her. Okay. That's what the judges said. Now, interesting. this is what the Block Talk audience voted on. Um, I gave them the option of pitch perfect or off key. That doesn't actually mean were they pitch perfect or off key. It's the quote, like toot or boot of sure. the whole performance and package. The audience couldn't make a decision. 50% pitch perfect, 50% off key. What? Very, very fascinating there. Wow. Um, okay. My score, because I like to give it a score. 
Um, fun fact, I used to, when I was watching American Idol religiously, I would always like, I had a whole spreadsheet of like, all right, so here's how the scorecard breaks up. And each week I'd give a contestant a score or whatever. Do you want to know what season I started that on? Sure. The season eight of Ox was on. Of course. Yeah. Um, so for Tyga, I'm going to give her eight out of 10. Okay. Um, mm. You know what? I think I'm going to also give her an 8 out of 10. I think that Tyga has top three material. She got that Um, vibe. She definitely has it. Yeah. She, I don't know. There's just something, she feels like she really knows herself. And I feel like even though I'm sure the judges picked that song for her, her getting to sing it in her, you know, original language. um, And I don't know. She just brought this this flair and this energy to the stage that to me was very electric. Um, and I feel like she has that like pop um, diva, but still modern drag um, energy. Absolutely. That I think will take her really far. All right. Here's our Queen of the Universe bumper count number two. Moving on all the way from Oz, it's Trevor Ashley. She's a thousand years old from Sydney. She says that Australian drag is really different from every other country in the world as they perform in groups and in all the pubs, you'll see lots of production shows and fabulous costumes. I got to get down to Sydney soon. I really love that kind of drag. I need to go. Oh my God. I would love to go to Australia as well. I want to swim with mermaids. She says drag is an outlet and a way to express herself that was hard to do growing up, and she always wanted to be the leading lady. She says it was hard to be gay in the 90s and didn't make friends when she was just a boy, but the second she was performing in drag, people wanted to talk to her and be her friend. We know that I don't do drag, but that is part of why I would do drag, because I think I would get attention that I wouldn't, I don't get normally. Yeah. Interesting, right? Yes, um, I can identify with that um, wholeheartedly. I, it's wild, like the the way that drag can not only transform you physically, but like mentally, emotionally, um, spiritually, and yeah, the attention that I get as Novazar is vastly different than what I get as Noah when I'm out of drag. For sure, I, mean, I definitely. I'm fully aware that I would be probably the worst drag queen on the planet. Oh my gosh! At oh. least I would have fun. Sure. Totally. We learned that Trevor has been doing drag for 21 years, which is more than the years Viola has been alive. Mm-hmm. Um, that made me bomb in my mouth a little bit. Ugh. He loves traditional drag and the likes of Liza, Shirley, and Cher and believes it won't go out of fashion as there are still people who love the icons and think there is a younger generation of people who just need to discover them. And I was like, yes, please. Uh, just like older generations need to know who the young kids are today also. Right. I mean, absolutely. I also think that Trevor Ashley was giving me very like Lavoie vibes from season Fully. one. Like Fully. very uh-huh. that energy. I was like, okay, got it. So we have stereotypes that we're trying to and archetypes that we're trying to fulfill. Absolutely. I understand. <laughs> now she hopes the younger queens don't think that because she's been doing it for as long as she has that it's time for her to move on. As long as her knees can hold up and she can still wear her heels, she'll still do it. And I was like, oh wow, this that would be what I would say because I have bad knees and another reason why I don't do drag. Right. All right, her look. Uh, no designers listed. Not my favorite look, but I understand the homage to Australia as it is prison chic. The national colors are green and gold, and they are represented in the tool. I just don't think this is the most flattering look to begin the season off, and it just certainly does not pair well with the song choice whatsoever. 
Yeah, no, this, so this is interesting. Um, first of all, I actually, I liked the bottom of the dress more with all the tool because yeah. it was like ombre and in different colors and looking really fierce. The chains, at first it makes sense to me, but then when she explained it, I was like, oh, very clever. And I can respect the hell out of that. Yeah. Um, in terms of her song choice, this is another one where I was like, yeah, they probably chose that for her. And she probably made this look before she got the song choice. Exactly. Because that happened to me where I was like, um, I got to make sure that this look matches what the song is giving. But they didn't give me the song until, of course, like right before I left. So it's, you know, it's, it's just the way that the cookie crumbles sometimes. So Trevor has selected Shirley Bassey's cover of Get the Party Started. And again, mm-hmm. it's interesting that she is starting with Shirley Bassey, as we all know it happened on episode one last season when Lavoie did Shirley. Exactly. This is old school drag. It's meant for a specific time and place. It's valid, but doing it on this platform, on this show, is very interesting, knowing what the final result the show wants it to be. Um, I do love that the boys are looking so sexy in their gold look with the um, cheeks on display. The song is a hard song to showcase a vocal because in this cut, at least, it was very, very repetitive. Mm-hmm. And I think she came out there. She got the party started. Even though it's a crowd pleaser, I just wanted something grander. For Trevor, I think success, again, will come down to song choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like Lavoie. It was all about the performance. We know they're both seasoned queens. We know they both can give you a performance, maybe better suited for a cruise ship. But that's what this show is trying to figure out. Do they want a cruise lounge singer or do they want a pop star? Right. And it's not taking anything away from Trevor. It's just we saw what season one wanted. Right. And I guess, you know what? Maybe Trevor and Lavoie can do a tour together. I'm here for it. We love camp sure- Right. I'm sure that would be fierce. <laughs> Hard judges. Vanessa says she gave them the wide vibrato and nice earthy growl that Shirley Bassey was famous for and the note at the end they knew she could belt. She asks, she's from Australia. Are the cuffs a history lesson? And Trevor says, it's her convict couture. And if you're coming to Britain, all Brits think of them as convicts and criminals. So she thought she dressed the part. Trixie says she had a penal colony. She went to the doctor and it cleared right up. <laughs> She says that she looks beautiful and it fits her great and has a sense of humor. She doesn't think she could have done anything better than what she just did. And I was like, I don't know if that's a compliment or a, so you're not going to do better moving forward. Interesting. Right. I'm like, what do you mean? Did she like blow her whole load? Like girl. Right. Michelle says that's what Australian drag is all about. Being a big F you to society. She says that she thought she did it justice, but more importantly, did Dame Shirley Bassey justice. She loved everything about it. And Mel says the voice is brilliant and so controlled. She says to be able to sing and take, talk a little bit and sing straight away. She kept it going and didn't want to stop. She says she knows how to do drag from top to bottom and says everyone should be a little bit worried because she set the bar right up there. And we will learn that they met once in Sydney when Mel was living there and she was doing the Jenny Craig launch, but now Mel wears a corset. So, okay, hilarious. Um, A couple of things about this. So when Michelle was like, oh yeah, like when she mentioned how the Australians is a big F you to society, in my opinion, I feel like that's just drag in general, which I guess goes to the conversation of like, how universal drag is but yes. sure michelle if you want to get those brownie points for drag race down under go right ahead <laughs> um 
There was something else. Oh, yeah. No. When she was saying that Trevor Ashley was like the competition to be right now, I'm like, okay, first of all, she's only the second queen we've seen. All right. right. So calm down. Um, and also, like, I think that Tyga was, I get, well, I guess this is my opinion. So, of course, everything that I say is opinion. But in my opinion, allegedly, I think that Tyga was definitely giving more of the Queen of the Universe brand than Trevor was. I agree. But, you know, I also, that's not to throw shade at Trevor. I think that Trevor is a polished queen who's been doing it for a really long time and knows her brand and knows, you know, what she's doing, which is fabulous. I just don't know if it's going to be, like successful for what they want well the audience uh they're they're very 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 much in line they were 25 percent pitch perfect 75 percent off key for the full package my score is 6.5 i'm gonna give her a seven all right queen of the universe bumper count number three let's move on Next to perform from Tel Aviv, Israel, it's Miss Sistrata. She says mm. singing is in her DNA. It's part of who she is. She reminds us that once you turn 18 in Israel, you will have to serve in the army, and it was hell for her. She yeah. jokes that she handled guns, and who could believe her guarding a base? Now, I, I do remember when the season was revealed and the cast was announced. Miss Sistrata got a lot of pushback, a lot of hate, because... People can't necessarily separate the politics from the artist. Um, and this basically told us exactly how she feels about the whole army thing in Israel. Uh, yeah. So I hope she's gotten a little less heat because uh, I know she had to go private for a while because she was getting so much hate. Oh, gosh. Um, <clears throat> so I actually have family that live in Israel. Um and I don't talk to them because they are Trump supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is really sad because, you know, besides that, I actually like that part of the family, like in terms of who they are as in their personality sure. and how they made me feel growing up because um, it's on my mom's side of the family, which I like more than my dad's. But as soon as I found out that they were Trump supporters and they also like live in Israel and, you know, have a queer um, nephew or grandson or cousin, um, but they completely are supporting somebody who is totally not in line with like how I should be living my life. Um, I had to cut it off. So that was interesting. But I also like think it's cool that they brought a queen from Israel because I was not expecting that. Absolutely. Now, she served in Tel Aviv and shares that it is one of the gayest cities in the world. And she was inspired by the people who she saw there. Now, she says she is a perfectionist and neurotic, and we will see her get very nitpicky with her microphone request as it will hide her look and clash with colors. Mm-hmm. She reveals that she will be singing a song by Donna International called Diva, which on which won Eurovision in 1998. She was the first trans woman on the Eurovision stage, and she hopes she can send a message with the song. I am obsessed with Eurovision. So I was like, yes, good song choice. This is a teaching moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. When she was like explaining all of this, I was like, bitch, you better work that. Oh gosh, sorry. That is how you, that is how you do it. You know what I mean? Um, You know, we'll discuss later her trajectory on the show, but I was gagged by her performance. She might be a little bit of a diva and have some controversial, you know, situations going on, but in the moment, what she delivered on the show was fierce to me, at least. Her armor is by Aya Zahavi and more by Yarli. Hair by Yossi Levi, hat by Mayor Zabar. I think Miss Estrada is not your average drag artist and 
So what she's wearing may not scream Yas Queen. That right. being said, I think the armor piece is evocative, though I wish it was a little bit more pronounced, as Michelle will call out later. I think yeah. having the Star of David on the hat was a nice touch. But again, it could have been a Yasified Star of David. Give it a little more of a punch. Totally. It just was a lost look in this field of very vibrant drag artists. Yes, I agree with you. I liked... Yeah, like I, I liked the armor. I thought the armor was cool, but it's like you could have gone way further with this. I didn't like that hair. It was like this gray circle on the side that honestly looked like sort of a tumor situation happening. Yeah. Um, I was like, girl, no. But the singing was was really fierce. All right. As mentioned, she is singing Diva by Donna International, and it is a very tough song. I think the song selection for an Israeli queen was brilliant, though. She yes. showcased her range, her ability. I love the opera part and how she incorporated it into the performance. I think if you know the song, it doesn't necessarily feel as disconnected as some have said. This was a very unique and special way to start the show. But if you're a homosexual who is a typical drag fan, you're probably not going to be mesmerized the way no. I was. Right. Which this is so frustrating because, you know, like I've mentioned multiple times, I am a musical theater Broadway queen, but I have learned in my years of doing drag that you can't just do that because you want to be able to, you know, please a wider audience. Right. But in that same breath, for somebody like me, I can appreciate what she is bringing to the table with her song choice. Absolutely. And especially like, you know, I've been trained in classical singing. I don't do it ever, but um, it's, it's really, really impressive. I mean, just, just the way that she, her vocal ability was very, very strong. She knew how, she knows how to sing and use her, her instrument well. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, this is a reality show. We know how reality shows work. They want some sort of gimmick. Not None of the other queens are going to necessarily give you the gimmick the way like last season. Right. Um, we had yodeling on the first episode. Right. It's interesting how yodeling is, oh my God, we love it. And opera's like, boo. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Well, you know, it's... <laughs> It's it's what you know uh, a wider. But if it was Monet Exchange coming out doing opera, oh my god, people will be jumping out of their seats. Well, that's because Monet also you know gives that that pop culture um, vibe that people yeah. can very easily and quickly relate to. All right, judges critiques. Trixie says she has multiple vocal personality disorder and she loved it. She says she kind of sang three different songs and sang them all successfully. She says the pitch accuracy was like Melodyne. She says it must be the extra ear in reference to the ear earring she's wearing. Vanessa asks about the earring and Mrs. Strata says this is a look inspired by Schiaparelli, the designer. She says it was a tribute and an homage. And Vanessa will say that she sang in Hebrew, which she doesn't understand, but congratulates her for making them feel as she sold it. Mel says that she has the voice, but needs to make them go look at me. She says she didn't feel that look at me when she looked at her. She says the voice didn't match the energy. Michelle mm -hmm. says it was Eurovision dream on Molly. She says when it comes to proportion, the top part looks like pecs and says they could have been a little bit larger. She says with her makeup, she wants her to give a little bit more under the eye as you lose the eye when you don't define underneath. Graham mm -hmm. will ask her why she chose the particular song and says she owes it to Donna as she was a pioneer and says she brought them a lot of honor and she would be damned to not give her the respect the first time an Israeli is on this kind of show. Told <clears throat> me. Yeah, no, I agree. She definitely fooled me. The audience, 25% um, pitch perfect, 75% off key. I feel like a lot of that is based on the whole production part of it. 
But me, I'm going to give her vocally, I'm going to give her her performance a nine. Yeah, I was going to say, vocally, definitely like a nine, um, eight and a half, nine. Definitely in that area. But in terms of the look and like the the energy that she was exuberating on stage would probably be like a six. Oh, gosh, like six and a half. Yeah. All right, Queen of the Universe bumper count number four. Now we're going to get a little snippet of the application process as we learned that thousands applied from across the globe. Um, I'm going to we're going to take a second just to give us some shout outs to the names we saw. And maybe, maybe we know some, maybe we don't. I don't know. We have um, Charismatic from Sydney, Australia. I was like, oh, that's a good name. I like that one. That is a good name. Alan from Brighton, UK. Amapola from Guatemala City, Guatemala. Ashkenazi from London, UK. I was like, okay, that's a good one too. Asterix from Melbourne, Australia. I know her. Kana Warrior from Bangkok, Thailand. Edo from Cape Town, Africa. Isn't she from London, UK? Hyper Palma from Manila, Philippines. Billy Gold from Brighton, UK. Fifi Houston from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Jonja from Seoul, South Korea. Alex Mertin from Barcelona, Spain. And Kayaya from Coffs Harbor, Australia. And I was like, where are the Americans? Are they recruited? What's going on? Not a single American. L-O-L. Um, first of all, I loved this segment. I thought this was really, really special and yeah. really, really cool. Um, just, you know, giving people who, because like they said, thousands and thousands of people auditioned for this show. And just giving them like that that couple seconds on TV, I'm sure really, really made their, made their day, made their Absolutely. life probably. Um, and it's so cool because... You know, I think it's really awesome that you took note of each one and are shouting them out, especially given, you know, the audience that you have that that's really special to me um, and really, really fierce. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. It's like, is, is America not known for singing queens? Who knows? Apparently not. Um, I will say what was interesting, obviously, knowing what you shared about the audition process, maybe it's a little different for season two, but mm-hmm. no one was a drag. No one was in face. Um, so I'm sure some, uh, yeah, no. some people were like, why not? Yeah, uh, you, for any of the Zoom calls that I did, I was not in drag. The only time that I was in drag for my audition process was the first initial 30 second video that you have to send them to mm-hmm. apply, which is the, which it's, that's common knowledge. Everybody knows that. Yeah. That's like how you audition. Um, and then they like asked me to send in random videos of me in drag and I had to like get into drag and send, um, songs that they had given me. But other than that, when, when I did like any sort of live interview or anything like that on zoom or anything of that sort, I was totally out of drag. So that would make sense. All right. From Coventry, UK, it's Harry Potter. I mean, Twink Charming. I mean, Viola. She is 20 years old. She's been doing drag for two years during lockdown, doing makeup. She did an online makeup competition on Instagram and won, and then popped a wig on it, and voila, it's Viola. She says she's not very famous, but she's been leading up to this show for her whole life. Hmm. I imagine the things I did in 20 years. Anyway, everything she has worked on and trained on has brought her drag into her life. She plays the electric violin, the acoustic violin, the flute, the kazoo, the ukulele, and give her a few weeks, probably the piano. Her dad is a music teacher and would perform with the family. And she says her family has been really supportive and are behind her 100%. She wants to make them proud. And she says this is the beginning of her journey and hopes it shoots her to the stars. I thought so. I loved her performance. I thought it was like, it reminded me a lot of Tyga's 
but there was just something about it that was a little more um, electrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found to be a little interesting was that, well, uh, beautiful and interesting at the same time. Beautiful in the fact that her family was like literally right there watching her. That I thought that like made me cry and like I could not even imagine. Um, you know, first of all, you know, I don't really have family, but you know, if if I was close to them and they were present here on this earth today and they were right there, that would be super comforting. Um, but I also feel like it, it added this level of like favoritism in that way. where like, how are you going to like, how are you going to critique her in maybe a negative way, knowing that her dad who's a music teacher is like right there, you know what I mean? Like in the audience. Um, so that was a little interesting to me. Yeah. I, I, I will say I'm, I'm a fan. I very much am enjoying what she brought. It did. This one felt a little more prepackaged than anyone else's. It felt yes. a little more forced. Yes, I am with you. Because what's interesting is the UK is known for singing drag artists. Yeah. Like you go to a pub, that's what you are going to see. And right. they the fucking 20 year old who's done drag barely any of the time. Right. So very interesting that they selected her. Do I have a fan theory that? Season six of Drag Race UK, she'll be on probably. This mm. this was a warm up. Yeah, I also what was annoying to me was that Michelle was like, "Oh, I love your makeup," and her makeup was very much giving um, that like wing eyeliner that I used that I used to do a big ass wing with like a lot of white underneath and like you know crazy. Now I've changed it a lot, um, but Michelle was like, "I love your makeup," and I was like, "Michelle, like I literally did something very similar to that, and you read me for Phil." So okay, but I guess if my parents were sitting right there in the audience, and things would be a little different, probably. But you know, all right, her look is by Free Couture. So you got the money. First look out there, hair by David Morrell. I mean, I love this look. It screams England. Yeah. I think the colors are cute. It pairs nicely with the ginger hair. Yeah, I will say that in the world of old maiden, she is serving, um, despite being only twenty years old. <laughs> But this is really cute and easily one of the more expensive looks for a debut episode. So she she did the job there. Totally. And she got to show range, which is also another thing where like, that's how you know that they want her to go far because if they're letting you show enough tricks right off the bat, that's usually a very good sign. Yeah. All right. To kick off the season, she has selected Lay Me Down by Sam Smith. And that is a very big song. Mm -hmm. I think the Baroque vibe with the violin moment was stunning, really unique. Love her tenor. It's very tender. But I will say that she probably has some room to grow vocally because let's be real, her voice is not fully realized yet at the age of 20. Right. When she hits those higher notes in the chorus, it was a bit of a miss. She has this kind of nasal thing that I would love for her to continue to explore. Um, but as far as potential, this bitch is on my radar. I can't wait to see more. She's very exciting. And again, as I alluded to earlier, she had her dancers essentially just stand there so she can look pretty as she just sang out, which was a very smart move for her. Right. Well, I also feel like that's production as well. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that adds to the whole presentation of the vibe, um, you know, and if production's like, bitch, you're going to have backup dancers and you, you can't, what are you going to say? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or they're like, wait, we forgot to choreograph this one. Uh, stand there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Here are the judges. Critiques Mel says, this is how you do it. She says, that is how you knock it out of the bloody park. She didn't want it to stop. She says her voice, the way she looks, the way she holds herself. Yes, yes, yes. She has nothing to say apart from fuck yes. Mm-hmm. Michelle says, being a parent of a queer child, which she is, 
and you have to, your child up there in drag doing what they do and her parents supporting them is really what love is all about. She thanks yeah. my parents. She says that her makeup is lovely and her masculine um, musicality is fantastic. She says singing Smith, Sam Smith is very difficult and she took a very complicated song and she had a lot of fun with them. She thinks she has something special. Vanessa says her drag is so beautifully reflective of the class that she evokes. She says both her parents were music teachers, so she thanks them for supporting her because music education in our schools is getting slashed so quickly. And this is a prime example of giving value to the arts. She notes that she is the youngest in the competition and says she became famous at 20 years old as a musician. Is she ready for her life to change? She's ready. And Trixie says the bottom of her voice has this tenderness and the top part has this robustness. So when the two come together, it's really seamless. She says she knows it's primarily a vocal competition, but playing an instrument and showing her musicianship, Viola says that is um, as a musician, musician drag queen, she cannot believe that she saw her perform. And Trixie says that they're just pretty, not just pretty to look at. Um, glowing critiques. You knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Yeah. Especially, you know, like I said, her family is right there. So how are you going to like, you know, give her negative critiques? I mean, not, even though like her performance was really, really good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The audience went 67% pitch perfect, 33% off key. And I'm going to give her a score of 8.5. Yeah. I'm going to give her an eight for sure. All right. Queen of the universe bumper count number five. Let's visit Orlando, Florida to meet Giselle Royale, our pageant mm -hmm. queen who will potentially retire from pageants. Mm -hmm. Miss Continental right. in the house, and it was not mentioned once. Interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. I guess we're saving that for future episodes. Right. Uh, she was born in Jacksonville and came up in the Holiness Church, which was very strict. When she came closer to puberty, she felt something wasn't right and something she didn't want to happen to her body. She says it was depressing. The voice change was hard for her, but when she met her best friend, she knew there was someone else like her. They sneaked to the clubs where she saw her first drag show and knew it was what she wanted to do. She left Jacksonville for Orlando, where she was exposed to many different people. She will go on to say that Orlando is a safe space for the LGBTQIA plus community, and I bet she wishes she could have had that sound clip back after uh, what Ron DeSantis has done to the state of Florida. Oh my God. <laughs> She got access to hormones there and started to become herself. She says she has kissed a lot of frogs, toads, and snakes, and it's hard to find someone who wants to get to know you for you and wants you when the wig and makeup is off. She I says do. this is part of her evolution because being someone of the trans experience, you want somebody to take it easy and get to know you at your core. Mm -hmm. we, there was no need to talk about America and what a uh, dragon America is. We all know it. We know that's why you're not going to get that kind of package out of Giselle or Militia later. Right. But this was the way to say, here's your trans contestant and you are going to love her. Yeah. That's kind of what I was giving to. And there was a moment where she was like, talking a lot about her relationship with her current boyfriend and that sort of thing. And it, it just, it just gave like, this is the narrative we want to give you. So make sure you talk about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, but I feel like there's so much more to her that we could, that we were robbed of knowing, like, why are we talking about her boyfriend? Why does that matter? And that's why I think we're going to see her for a while. So like, we'll, we'll save that stuff for later. Cause we need content later on too. Yeah, I guess I hope so. No designers for this look, but I think the yellow is as bright as the sun to represent the sun sign state. Uh, it could have been very easy to come out in a pageant gown, but she said, nah, you're going to get that later. Focus on the voice. 
Yeah. This was very understated, but extremely beautiful. All I want though is a necklace. Yeah. I just love a necklace moment. Oh, okay. Totally. But stunning. Totally. This was gorgeous. It was giving me very like Beauty and the Beast, like yeah. Belle. Belle's gorgeous. But I mean, it was luxurious and, and grand and just, I mean, stunning on her skin, like just beautiful. She is doing the powerhouse vocals of Adele's Easy On Me. Now, I know we will discuss the critiques momentarily, but as far mm-hmm. as big Adele moments, this is not the biggest Adele song you could pick from. Well, um, I think that they filmed this last summer. I um, so. And I think right when this song was like coming out, everybody was like living for it. Yeah. I also am pretty sure that she did not pick this song because you could just tell in the energy that she probably didn't want to do it and they probably forced her to. Um, and I don't know, because I, I think knowing what I know about her, I don't. I just feel like she would probably choose something else that was yeah. a little more within her lane, I guess. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. Yes. I really, she does have a pristine vocal. It's just beautiful. Very pleasant. Uh, were there moments that she could have done better? I mean, it's nerves. It's episode one. I mean, you're going to call hers out. You're not calling anyone else's out. Come on. Uh, but this is what this show is meant for. You feel, and I felt something. Yes. I mean, absolutely. I was, I mean, I think that given, like assuming that they probably chose this for her, I think she did the best that she could given the circumstances. And I think she did a, a fabulous job. Now, before we throw it to the Pop Diva panel, Graham will say to her that Adele is a vicious, challenging song and ask if she is pleased at how it went. And Giselle will say that she was nervous, wreck because it's not easy to come to the UK and sing Adele in front of a crowd of British people and hopes she did them justice. Mm-hmm. Michelle says she has a set of lungs on her. She says it was so beautiful. Assume she comes from the pageants. I was like, bitch, don't lie. You know who she is. Come on, Michelle. Vassar. Right. Right, of course. Michelle loves that world because it's aesthetically regal. She says it's not an easy song to do, and there were a few moments she'll listen back and go, ill, but she carried on and pushed through, and it was beautiful. Trixie says when she started singing, it was like designing women where five other contestants quit on the spot. She says people have to compete against her, and that's tough. Vanessa says she did it beautifully and looks like a goddess. Nell says that she looks sensational and very elegant. She says it was a bad mistake and a bad move saying she never should have sung that song because unless you're going to sing an Adele song better than an Adele, don't do it or do it in your own version and own it. And she says she loves all this, but the vocals were not convincing and it was just too much of a big song to not completely get a 95% right. So Giselle says she'll take it and will take the constructive criticism and says if she had to say how she did, she thinks she did pretty well. So Graham's going to ask her why she chose the song. And Giselle says that she is in a new relationship and finding him opened up a lot in her heart and mind. And the song spoke to her. This is so forced. This whole narrative here is so yep. forced because they can't just give Giselle a victory. They need a little bit of animosity. They said, let's just do it on episode one. Scary, you're new here. You're the sacrificial lamb. So many thoughts about this. Um this is exactly what I'm talking about, where they are pushing this narrative that really doesn't make any sense. Um, <clears throat> and I, I just wish that she probably, I wish she could have been like, I did not choose this song. This was forced on me. I would not have chosen this to sing. Um, I also think that oh, Trixie's comment about how all the queens would quit on the spot, that is tea. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. actually makes sense. Not fucking no tino shade trevor ashley you I know agree. what i mean like wh- like when giselle's announced on this season i was like oh 
she's probably gonna win i mean the promo she's like at the top on the disco ball and swinging from the fucking rafters that is sickening and that is you know the energy that i that i want and it's just unfortunate that they're like forcing this like weird um this weird narrative where it's her boyfriend and she's singing adele and it's like all meaningful to her it's like no she's so much more to give and i think it's a little disrespectful i agree um the audience they love her 100 percent pitch perfect zero percent off yeah. key. um i'm yeah. gonna give her a 10 just because i felt something i know i'm probably a little biased here but i, I 10's fine i'm gonna give her a nine because there's always You're room for to. improvement absolutely but- I, I mean, I think that I think she's stunning. I think she's fierce. I think the package was beautiful. I just really wish she could have sung a different song that would have actually um, given us the energy that she connects with it. You know what I mean? I agree. All right. Queen of the Universe, Mom Count number six. It seems like the episode is over, right? Five queens to go, but suddenly an alarm goes off. It's time for scary news. Oh God. Stop right now. Thank you very much. Scary Spice says that there is a quarter of a million dollars on the line, so not one queen will be eliminated. Two will be eliminated from the show forever. The first queen to be eliminated will be dot, 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 to be continued. But uh, come on, this is a two-part episode. Uh, we're going to find out what the rest of that statement says. Yeah. She's going to say that the first queen will be eliminated, will be revealed after they've seen all the queens. Yeah, I, I just can't believe they forced her to do that. That was mean. It was I mean... Honestly, all I can say is I'm glad they're not sending home six queens. Exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's very We're in our seventh queen of the universe bumper count. As Mm. we move over to Italy and time for Ora Eternal. She is 24 years old from Palermo. Um, I'm just going to say it. I did not know how well she spoke English because they don't obviously speak English at all on Dragos Italia. She's very good. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Which I, I'm now like being like, well, that's probably because a dear friend of the podcast and another contestant runner up from that season, Nalenia, um, she and I talk on Instagram all the time. She's very good with English. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. So for those who don't know, she competed on Drag Race Italia 2, where she was a runner up. She mm. came up with her name and she didn't want to be forgotten. So she is an eternal aura. She is I something that. that lasts. I love it. She tells us that she is from Palermo and it is a dream city. And if you watch season two of The White Lotus, I want to go to there very badly. Okay, work. It's revealed that the drag scene in Palermo is non-existent as there's a turd, two or three other queens, and there's just one gay club. And it's like, oh, uh, I mean, if there are two or three queens, at least give them a shout out. Yeah, right. Hello? (laughs) I mean, damn, girl. She says being queer in a religious country is something good, but she also some it's also sometimes dangerous as you don't know how people will respond. Mm-hmm. She does not use her religion to judge someone else, but to live better with other people. She's mm-hmm. chased this all her life and she is on a journey. So she will be growing and learning and loving forever, but she will burn the place to the ground if she doesn't win. Oh goodness. I think the interesting thing here, and we're going to learn about it through this package is uh-huh. she's apparently religious. Yeah, no, that's a that's actually a very good point, given the fact that she does drag and she's queer and all of that. Um, but I mean, if you can find a way where your religion is not um, directly, um, oh gosh, what's the word? Like directly um, not coexisting, for lack of better words, with your art and the way that you live your life, your day to day, that to me, um, I can respect that. What was interesting for me, obviously watched 
Drag Race Italia season two. Uh-huh. I don't think religion ever came up once in her narrative or anybody's narrative at all. So it's interesting that this is the narrative that they need to give here um, because production they need something that yeah. being said um we'll we'll get through the performance and everything but i think if you were to see her on a verse the world season in the future yeah makes sense oh yeah absolutely the look is by andrea del vespro designed by nalenia here by mm-hmm. baldario's crazy wigs and more this feels evocative of Italy and Sicily. I think she's got great looks and she has such a presence in drag. She is absolutely stunning. Um, I do think it does have a connection to the song, which I appreciate. What was the song that she sang? Take Me to Church. Oh, that was so... I don't know. I didn't... I wasn't, like, crazy about it. I, I felt like it was probably another song that they chose. Oh, fully. Uh, yeah, especially given this whole thing about she didn't, because I, I didn't watch her season of Drag Race. Um, but if she never mentioned religion on that season, but then like all of a sudden now in the universe she is, um, unless this whole like religious thing is is a new thing in her life, which could be, um, then maybe I guess it would make sense. But it also would make sense that production was like, oh, you're religious, and she like maybe mentioned it once, and they're I'm like, let's shocked. run with that. I'm shocked that she didn't sing her first song in Italian. Like that's what I would have expected mm. from her. But no totally. one really did that this episode. I said, I guess they didn't want that this time around. Yeah, I mean, when Tyga did it, I was like, yes, this is so fierce. And didn't um, the Israeli queen do mm-hmm. it as well? Yeah, no, I mean, I guess they don't want everybody doing that. Um, which makes sense, but when they do do it, I think it's really cool. Absolutely. All right, so she's going to kick off her residency on the show with Hosier's Take Me to Church, which I got to see him perform a couple months ago. Such a big, big song. Um, It is a powerful song, and I think she, for me, again, knowing who she is, she did blow me away because I did not expect that vocal out of that tiny body. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much say she has in the production part, but I was kind of obsessed that she's like has this religious narrative. And then the dancers are in latex. Like it was kind of hot. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like an interesting juxtaposition for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think she had the oomph, but the top notes were not quite there. Right. Um, but she has so much promise to play with the vocal acrobats that can serve her well on other tracks. And again, as often as I'm going to say it, it's going to come down to song selection if they fit mm-hmm. her vocal prowess. Yeah, which again, like when when Michelle's like, oh, you know, it's going to come down to the song for you. That just, it, it frustrates me because all of the time, usually they're picking the songs for you. So it's like, how are you? It, 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 it almost seems like it's unfair to judge that way. But I mean, God knows how much the judges actually know. Trixie says she looks like a moving oil painting and calls it so beautiful. She says the closer she got and up in her eyes, she never broke character. She asks drag queen to drag queen, why take me to church? Aura says to take me to church is like bringing me to myself. And Trixie apparently has been sold on the church. (laughs) Michelle says she loves the way she does drag and says her face is beautiful and her skin is gorgeous. The dress is beautiful. She Mm -hmm. says the song is a deep and intense one and she wanted it to kick in the pocket as she was riding it instead of sitting in the groove, telling her to let the music take her in so they can feel it while she sings. That's the kind of critiques we want from the judges all the time. Really give us technique. Um, I don't care about the random person sitting on a couch in Ohio. If they don't know about music, go learn about it. This is how you're going to learn too. Exactly. 
Vanessa says when she went up to her head, that's when she felt her back off, which took them out because they wanted her to ride through. She tells her if she can work on that, she'll be 100% better with her attitude and with them listening as an audience. And Mel says she showed them her true inner sensitive, vulnerable side. She did it through the way she looked, the way she sang and the way she held herself. She felt it all. She really likes her. Okay. They like her. I will Not give surprised. her a nine. The audience, 100% pitch perfect, 0% off key. They enjoyed her package. I'm going to give her a seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. Queen of the Universe bumper count number eight. And coming to us now from Manila, Philippines, it's Maxi. What a cutie. Mm-hmm. Yes, she gave. She, she gave. She says that Manila is a crazy place where everyone is loud, funny, and look and looking so good. She knows that everyone in the Philippines can sing and not out of tune, and she says that is very competitive. She started singing when she was three years old, and she knew she would be a star, so she joined a show called Wheel Time Big Time. At age 13, the host asked when did she feel that she was gay, and she jokingly answered when she was in her mother's womb, and mm-hmm. that trended and went viral. Very interesting. Very interesting to hear that in the Philippines. Yeah. I feel like she's giving me grad queen energy. Yeah. Where she's coming in right off the bat as that pop polished icon fantasy who seems like they know a little more than the other contestants. Um, this turned Maxi into an advocate, and we were going to see those videos. And they, that, that bitch with blonde hair, um, good for you at 13 going full blonde. Oh, totally. I mean, <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> she created Max in the musical, which then led to incorporating the name into drag, and it was the career she wanted. Uh-huh. We will get a backstage moment where she will pull a tarot card from Love Mississi, and Maxie got the wish card. She's going to leave it on her mirror. This is a whole different game. She was born to compete and win. She's ready for the crown. Um, here's another one who, if you see her on Drag Race Philippines season three, not surprised. Right. Totally. She also was interesting. Um, I liked that they were able to get ready together. Yeah. Um, there was like definitely a lot of differences from season one because season one, when we did our um, did episode one, we were sequestered until like five minutes before we all went on stage to perform. So the fact that they got to meet each other before they even started filming was really really cool to me, and I kind of wish that we had that opportunity. But they did that then, like after they eliminated six of us, then they were able to get ready together. Right. But I wish that I would have. I you know I was robbed of that sort of um experience her look is by basha subijano and charo bagalando i think this was a cute look but my main critique was like i needed to be bedazzled mm-hmm. but if you look at her instagram she's now made it sparkle the entire thing has stones all over the place okay i think the streak in the hair is really cute obviously it's a very slight nod to manila luzon for the drag lovers but also a nod to the filipino flag as the white blends into the red and blue totally. now listen I know it's a leotard, but Maxi has that pop girly vibes and that's what the girls are wearing. So it kind of fits the brand that she's pushing. Yeah. When Michelle was like, I don't want to see where leotard a lot. I'm like, but do you not see the moves that she's giving? Do you not see her routine, her dance, her choreography? Like, what do you, what are you expecting her to wear? I don't know. Would Michelle Visage tell Lizzo not to wear a leotard? Right. Hopefully not, girl. Because if she does, she's got a rude awakening. (laughs) All right. Uh, she is going to give you her twist on Jesse J's Do It Like a Dude, which I think was a very interesting choice out of the entire songbook of Jesse. But this girl's got spunk and tenacity. Um, it wasn't necessarily the best vocal, but this performance was at least VMA worthy. Like I could see this on a big stage show. Yes. 
she's a star and whether she wins or not maxi is going to explode she's got the star quality that candy muse wants i think i wish the dancers were not in black but maybe red and blue but like that's just me wanting cohesiveness mm-hmm. and i think i want her to hear her do some vocally difficult songs to really test her ability but knowing what the drag scene in the philippines is at the moment she's going to be primed to be one of the biggest stars right now yeah i'm interested to see if i like i would love to see now maxine like a gorgeous gown and give me like a park and bark ballad yeah like that i want to see versatility but now we know like the level that you can bring which is really really fierce but i want to see more absolutely Graham will ask why do it like a dude of all the songs in the world. And Maxie says, because she thinks that stereotyping and bullying and discriminating, she's here to prove that it's wrong and she can do it better than a dude, man. Michelle says that she is a pop star. She thinks her makeup is pretty. She says she's young and fit. It fits her. Her padding is really well done. She's not a fan of leotard, which if you watch drag race, you know that, but she says she looks appropriate. She also loves the streak in the hair. Trixie says the nerve of her to sing, do it like a dude and be a complete woman. She says she loves that she's playing this tough character. And when the music broke, she was feminine. She thanks her for committing to the character. Mm-hmm. Vanessa says when she mentioned about doing it like a dude, but blow you away, she says they totally got that. She knows that all of her hip thrusting, her voice didn't break and says it's tough to do and keep your voice straight and strong. She says she brought the fire. And Mel says she really wanted to enjoy it, but didn't enjoy it until she came right in front of them as she felt she exploded. She wants that commitment from top to bottom. She loves the look and attitude. Now, I will say what Mel said was very interesting because us as a viewing audience on television, it's a different experience because we had her up close and personal the entire time. Right. Maybe seeing her in the room is a little different. Yeah, that stage is huge. And, you know, where the judges are versus where she was way in the back um, is, is like, oh gosh, um, a, a huge distance for sure. And she's also like, a tiny queen so i can see how she got a little lost in the whole production and the dancers and everything like that but when she came up and she was front and center she i agree she really brought the energy and brought the vibe the audience 55 percent pitch perfect 45 percent off key my score reflects more so the attitude and performance part less so than the vocals so i'm going to give her an 8.5 i'm giving her a nine Ooh, Mm -hmm. she was excited for her yeah. All right, Queen of the Universe, Bumper Cat number nine. Up next from Rio de Janeiro, it is Chloe V. Now, Graham mm. will ask her if she has extra pressure as Brazil's own grad queen last season. Right. Uh, Chloe V says, of course, as her sister has the voice and the personality. Um, when you're asked about the winner of this previous season, you know things are not probably going to go well for you. Right. I was like, uh, girl, I don't really know how I'm feeling about this. Do you think they're actually sisters or is she like, yeah, sister, I know her. She's my best friend. Actually, (laughs) it's funny. Greg, I mean, she's really famous and, you know, she's famous now, but she was famous, really famous in Brazil beforehand. Um, And every time I like meet somebody from Brazil, I'm like, oh my God, you know, Greg Queen, if they talk about Queen of the Universe. Um, And yeah, so who knows? (laughs) She says that Brazil is the most special place on the earth as you can find the most talented drag queens. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says she is the prettiest drag queen in the whole country as she considers herself a butterfly. 
Now, she will go on to tell us that she is from a small village close to Rio, saying that her teenage years were the worst of her life. Um, also, apparently, the more tan, she was a lot more tanner in her teenage years. Mm. She was super queer. She says that she was a trifecta, gay, short, and from the country, so she was bullied. She didn't have friends, and music helped her as it was her only friend, which I get. I always joke that like, music is my only friend because music's not going to betray you. Sure. Um, so I like that sentiment. The first time she did drag was at home with her mom who wanted to wear what she was wearing. So it prompted a photo shoot where her mom wore Spice Girl looks, uh, which was very fun and cute. Her mom is her protector and it's because of her she is there. She is proud of who she has become. She says it's a long way back to Brazil, so she's not heading home anytime soon. And that, my friends, is called the kiss of death line. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. She just... She was forgettable for me. Out of everything that we've already seen so far, she was one of those where I was like, uh, I could see her going home very soon. So the look by Gabriel Valerino and Dora, I think the coat was incredible. I yes. love it. But yes. she didn't wear it to perform. I don't understand why. Yeah. Uh, because also, if you look at how it's painted, there is Brazil. So when we get to the critique of a house of Brazil, girl. Um, right. And then she was left in this very generic leotard and silver. It was not flattering or innovative. She looked yeah. beautiful from the neck up. And part of me wonders if she knew that Brazil had no chance this season. So she said, well, I'm just going to put half the effort into it. Oh, I mean, good point. Very good point. Um, yeah, no. And I mean, like, I know Trixie was like gagging over the hairline and everything like that. But I, I mean, when Tyga had that flat hair, I was like, I actually like this because it, to me, it, it worked well with like the look and it made it more cohesive. But with her, I was like, you're just wearing um, out of the like out of the bag blonde hair. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Okay. Um, so unless you've been living under a rock like Vanessa, you will know that the song Creep by Radiohead has been performed to death, especially by drag artists. It's a <laughs> song I would like to retire, but I understand why the song has such a special place in queer people's stories. Yeah. The fact that Vanessa hasn't heard their song before, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, how? Um, what I love was the chair. I would like one. Um, I would like to be king, but I, I would like mine to say king of the twinks. That's that's what mine would say in Silk Creep. Okay. I would like mine to say Empress of the Galaxy. There it is. I, I, I think starting it off with this melodic sensitivity was beautiful, but it didn't go anywhere. If you're not, if you're going to do this song, you have to reinvent it. Yeah. Um, so what I was focused on was beautiful Charlie Goddard on the side of her chair. He looked very sexy. Oh my God. <laughs> I think part of the problem is she has a very solid lower register and not as impactful when she gets to the head voice. So when she hit the mm. note for she in the chorus, it's not there. And then she has to make up for it with running. And yeah. it, just, it didn't lend. It was but a mess. <laughs> when she missed that note and panned over to the Queens, uh, Militia lived up to her name that face yeah right it's me when i go to a drag show if it's not good i my face just says it i'm sorry friends i just i can't hold it back which this is interesting the fact that the queens got to watch each other too was fascinating to me because yeah. that was not we didn't get to that until the finale um for our season so that was really interesting I think Chloe feels like she's a great bar act. She probably has a lot of friends who told her she's the shit, but what they didn't tell her is that she has to be smart in her package. Um, drag delusion might be on the rise in Brazil. <laughs> Overall, this was clear that she was not going to last longer in this contest, especially when your first interview is comparing to the previous winner. Um, 
I don't know if a different song choice would have helped her. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I feel like, I feel like I guess the lack of experience, um, and her not seeming like she doesn't really like know herself yet, probably, you know, also I like that goes in line with what you're saying. I agree. Michelle will ask why she chose the song. And Chloe says that she was bullied for the longest time, teenage years to now. So she thinks the song fits her, per- fits her perfectly. Mm-hmm. Michelle will say sorry that she's still going through it now. And she says the world is changing and she's being in her power. She thinks that there were moments of strength in the performance vocally. She says there were pitch problems when she went up. She says drag wise, she's wearing a leotard and she's not a fan of those. She says, if you're going to do it, do it differently. So it's just not a leotard. Mm-hmm. Trixie says that she went for a lot of different colors in the singing and some of them were more successful than others. She says that she'd rather her try that than come out there and play it safe. And she says the hair looks like it's her hair growing out of her head. So congratulations on that. Mm-hmm. Vanessa says she didn't know the song and the collective head turns from Mel and Trixie who attack her because how do you not know it, Vanessa? You lived through the 90s and you were famous in the 90s. Right. Vanessa will tell her she wished she enunciated a little more in the beginning as she couldn't hear the lyrics because she didn't know the song. She -hmm. says in terms of drag, she wanted more. And Mel says she really liked how she attacked the song, gave her light and shade and soft and dark. She says the look is meant to represent her country. How? Chloe says this look may scream more of her than Brazil. And I'm like, where's the jacket? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Audience, 22% pitch perfect, 78% off key i'm gonna give her a seven i'm giving her a six all right queen, yeah. of, um, queen of the universe bumper count number 10 it's time to le- meet militia skunt who unlike graham we don't have to be as careful to say her name here Ugh. um friends it means malicious cunt so funny so funny I, maybe that's why she's not on drag race yet because rue would not be able to do it properly Oh my God, right. Rue would get censored. Anyway, she is is 28 from San Francisco, which she calls the gay capital of the world. She says when she first started out, she was a full bearded queen, didn't pad, and says they were accepting of that, even when she shaved it off since her waist and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. She didn't hear of drag until she was 19. Growing up in the suburbs of San Fran, her mom decided that public school was not for them, so she was homeschooled in a religious curriculum. She worked professionally before she told her family as she had a lot to store in store um, as she had to store her stuff in her trunk and paint her face in the parking lot. She would tell her parents that she was fundraising, but really she was raising funds to move out. She moved Mm -hmm. to San Francisco to get paid. She flew to London to get paid. And that's what she's attempting to do. All right. I like this backstory. Yeah. I loved this backstory. Um, I, it's obviously really sad, like, you know, given her situation when she was growing up. Um, but I think it's really fierce. And she also won the like drag queen of the, yep, I was there. I got to see it. Yeah. Very that, I think that's really, really fierce. So when she got on the season, I wasn't surprised. The look is by rocks rocks. I think there's a lot going on. I am stretching to see San Francisco in this aside from like the orange and black being the colors of the San Francisco giants baseball team. Yeah. Um, I do think the hair with the rainbow to the parrot was a really fun touch. I guess she's just telling us that she's a treasure and we want her. You know, when I saw this look, I was like, this is a lot going on. And I thought um, that she was going to get red, but she didn't. They seemed to really like it. And I was honestly a little surprised, but I mean, work diva. If that's your drag, I personally live. So <laughs> she will be performing. I just got paid by Ella Air, um, and she made her statement for sure. I Love think. It. She was really unique in her tone and her voice. It's not necessarily the clearest, but I will kind of compare it to Grad Queen 
for her, it's about the attitude rather than the vocal quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, love the orange of the backup dancers, though the boys did look like they were wearing prison jumpsuits. It was a fun performance. I look forward to seeing her perform songs that are a bit more vocally controlled, but she's sure. got the presence for sure. And yeah. ending in a split and drag, groundbreaking and welcomed. I also think that, the, um, I feel like, I remember she got a critique about um, her running out of breath and, and not being able to like yeah. dance with choreography and then sing at the same time. And I was like, I mean, we just saw Maxi really deliver um well when it came to those two um aspects of the performance um so it was like ah, uh, matt like you know like i felt a little bad for her um given that but i mean hey girl this is a competition so i guess you got to step your pussy up in that regard michelle says her drag is very san francisco it's very cute and quirky she loves that she picked an ella air song and i'm like i'm vanessa in this moment i didn't know the song i've never heard it i don't think or it just really? never made an impact to me i love um, this song. She loves that she was dancing. She says sometimes when people dance, it's why most artists lip sync when they dance as there is a reason for it. She says it's hard to have breath control and says, well done for that. Uh-huh. Mel says that she disagrees with Michelle quite a lot because coming from Spice Girls, they did lots of dance routines and sung live and to prep, yeah. they would sing their songs on a running machine and she felt that she had to catch her breath a lot. She says it's a note to work on because she really wants to do well. Exactly. Vanessa says that they know she can dance and sing and it's fantastic to look at. What does she see in the future? Melissa says that she wants to be able to put out music and tour with that music and would love to invest more into her craft. And Trixie says she loves that little bird gave his life for a wonderful cause. She says a song about getting paid, drag queen to drag queen, that's her take me to church. Mm-hmm. Alicia says that drag is what paid her way to move out of San Francisco where she found home and her craft. This is a celebration of what drag is to her. Audience, 44% pitch perfect, 56% off key. I'll give her an eight. Um. Oh gosh. Um... Yeah, I'm going to give her an eight. Yeah. All right. The Queen of the Universe bumper count. We're at 11. To finish off the night, it's time for Love Missy from Amsterdam, Netherlands. She was born long ago in Port-au-Prince. Haiti moved to New York, then had her first job in Japan before moving to Amsterdam at age 20. She says that Amsterdam accepted her while other countries would not, and therefore the Netherlands is her home. She says it's beautiful and very romantic, reminds her of Venice because of the Kochs a.k.a. the Dutch word for canals. She did that on purpose. Of course she did. <laughs> Growing up in Haiti, she was bullied as Mississi, which meant faggot. She wanted to change the narrative, narrative and decided love to put love in it and took the name back, a.k.a. Love Mississi. Now, I know she shared that story for Bring Back My Girls at DragCon last year, and mm-hmm. I know that the producers were listening to that and were like, she's perfect for this show. Oh, of course. Absolutely. She says the drag scene in the Netherlands is very diverse from femme queens to butch queens to bearded queens. They all have it all. She did compete on season two of Drag Race Holland. And she mm-hmm. says being around so many artists that were so strong, you have no choice to be good. And she says you are never too old to have a second chance in life. Now, I don't know if you watched season two of Drag Race Holland, but again, me getting to talk to her, I know what her actual emotional being was at that time because she just had a loss in her life. So she was she was very checked out. Yeah. She was so alive in this this package. Absolutely. Well, this is, I think, 
given, you know, knowing her and knowing her background, I think this show is more her vibe and absolutely her, her fantasy. I think this is definitely more like in her pocket realm of, you know, what she wants to do. Um, so I think it makes a lot more sense. Her look is by Isabel Schultz and Jack Irving. This is very much in line of what Love Sissy does. Yeah. She loves the inflatables, uh, like mother, like daughter. Daughter has arrived. Yes. For those who don't know, her drag mother is vivacious. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very fun. It got people talking. I think having the red, white, and blue on the bus really was like the only way to tie it into the Netherlands. Sure. Um, fine. The neon green was so fun, and it really was a great way to pair um, the hair with the da- dancer's accent color. Is it the most polished? Maybe not, but it's so evocative. Well, it's also like she sticks out like a sore thumb. Literally. And, and the best way possible. Like, it's so smart, in my opinion. Like, you know what I mean? You're this is the, the first time they're going to see you. You got to be rememberable somehow. In probably the most shocking song choice of the night, Love Miss Sissy has given us drag in the form of Todrick Hall's Nails, Hair, Hips, Heels. Now, I am shocked personally she didn't get to do Grace Jones, which I know she is known for. Yeah. Um, but let's celebrate drag with the drag anthem. Sure. It was fun. I thought it was an interesting choice. We haven't seen like rap on this show before. Um, and I I thought that it was I, I mean, I guess it was a smart choice because we haven't seen it before, nobody had done it, and it was unexpected. Right. It was pop rap and it is a form of music, but the fir- for the first time out, not showcasing the range she has was a little shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, could she have done a little more vocal prowess within it? I don't know, because I don't think the song really allows for it. Correct. I agree with you. That being said, she commanded the stage in a way that not many can. So that was what she wanted to prove her first time out. She did that. Right. Yeah, she definitely left like the presence on stage. Trixie says she did not know they were going to the drag show tonight. And she says yeah. it was fucking cool. Yeah. No asks how she's representing the Netherlands, uh, which apparently is one of where her baby daddies is from. Mm, all right. Um, Love Sissy says that it was a crab and behind her was Ganja from Amsterdam, which is green. Right. I want to go to Amsterdam so badly. Me too. I, I mean, she just moved um, actually to New York City. She's living, uh, I'm not going to say where she's living, but she, she lives in New York now. Um, oh, and, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And when I saw... Um, when I saw her look, like when I think of Amsterdam, I just think of like how everything's like le- quote unquote legal there. You know what I mean? So just like giving this like fun party vibe that's like way over the Absolutely. top makes sense for Amsterdam, in my opinion. Vanessa will ask if it was Rasta for the weed, aka the hair. She says, yes, of course. She says yeah. when she first came out, she thought she was going to sing Under the Sea. She wishes she added some more vocal to hear a taste that she has range, but she says she brought it and was amazing. Michelle says that she can rap and Todrick will be so thrilled. She says it was an incredible performance. She says don't not rap as she loves rap, but she's not sure the song served her the best, but she loved the way she performs and drag does drag. Graham will ask her why she thought um, this for the first show. And she says, I'm going to do that song because I love it. I love it since she says it means so much to her as it's all about confidence. And she really wanted to express that. Audience, 60% pitch perfect, 40% off key. I'm going to give her a seven. I'm giving her an eight. All right. Queen of the universe bumper count. It is at 12. Now, this part of the show, we are going to reveal where my scoreboard is. So at the top, we have Giselle Royale. 
with a tie between Miss Estrada and Aura Eternal. Then tied is Viola Maxi. And again, tied, Tyga and Militia. Then we have a tie between Chloe V and Lemma Sissy with Trevor Ashley at the bottom. Obviously, this will change every week, so you'll sure. find out how overall this goes. Mm-hmm. The audience, their top, Aura and Giselle, followed by Viola, Love Miss Sissy, Maxi, Tyga Brava, Melissa Skunt, Miss Estrada, with their bottom two being Trevor Ashley and Chloe V. Okay. So that's where we're all standing on this one. We Chloe V is unanimous, and Trevor Ashley is kind of unanimous as well. Interesting. But here comes the hard part. Whose high heels will walk away? Because we can't say sashay on this show. Right. We're going to get a glimpse of the cellular devices with an app to cast their vote. Was it real or for TV? The world may never know. Um, Friends, if you were at a taping, tell me. Oh, so badly. I'm pretty sure it's just for TV, in my opinion. In the understated gold envelope, Graham has the name of the, gra- the queen with the least studio votes and leaving the competition now is Chloe V. Do you agree? I mean, I'm fine. Yes, I definitely agree. It makes sense. When she got eliminated, I was like, uh-huh, totally. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I, I the hope universe. That- Bumper count number 13. With nine queens remaining, one more will leave. Based on the audience votes, the queens moving on are Trevor Ashley, Viola Militia Skunt, and Giselle Royale, leaving a bottom five of Tiger Brava, Maxi, Order Eternal, Love Missy, and Miss Estrada. Um, interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Um, first of all, I am obsessed with the fact that they got to fight to stay on the show because yes. that is what I wish I would have had the opportunity to do. But as you all know, that did not happen. I was just, I got to sing my song that they chose for me and then I was eliminated and that was it. Um, however, um, Maxie should not have been in the bottom. Um, I don't think Love Missy should have been in the bottom. I don't think that Tiger should have been in the bottom. Um, I thought that the Israeli, yeah. Uh, but even though I loved her singing, I thought that based on, you know, what we've, what we've seen in the competition, um, and Militia Skunt, was she in the bottom five? Nope. Okay. That makes sense. I don't think she should have been in the bottom five. So there are five queens left. What could this mean? What would you do with five queens with a spice in the room? Well, we have got a spicy twist. It is revealed that their fates lie with the pop diva panel as they will test their abilities to perform on the fly, a quality all divas must possess. They'll be performing as a group and they must sing together to measure up to the greatest girl group of all time. And no, not seduction, the Spice Girls, because they will be performing wannabe, which is really that's what you want to test a vocal challenge i know but it's because of mel b like it's it's very that now graham tells them that they have to go backstage put on some spice girl drag droppings to create a spice girl alter ego we're going to get our 14th queen of the universe bumper and as the queens head backstage you can tell that this bit was slightly staged they knew that something was going to happen now you have four queens who are excited to play in this world and do this test and then you have miss estrada fully convinced that she would not be in this position as she thinks she will embarrass herself. You knew this was over before it began. Yeah, absolutely. And I felt so bad. I was like, oh God, that's so cringy. <laughs> now, upon returning to the stage, three queens went to suck up and be scary. Then you had two added pink to be baby. Which Spice Girl would you want to embody in this moment? 
Um, well, I have done recently did a Spice Girls show and I was baby, but I kind of like feel like my vibe is a little more sporty. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, whatever. <laughs> now, if you're looking for a pop star, Maxi Tyga Aura brought it. Love Mississi gave you a solid vocal. Miss Estrada was not in her element, but I am glad that she did throw in some opera. But I think in my opinion, Aura was the standout because she gave you camp as well as the vocals. And that's what I want in a performance of this type because it's spice drag. You got to give me a little bit of camp. Yeah, I... um. I'm honestly also surprised that Aura was in the bottom for this as well. Yeah. But the standouts for me were Maxi, in my opinion, was the best, and then Tyga. I think this being the deciding factor was really unfortunate, but I think it's part of the game and you have to be able to play the game. Will we see this week after week? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I, I feel so like either. they're going to always change it up in some way. Now, Graham shares that each pop diva will select one queen to save. Do you think the four of them decided as a group or did they pick on their own? Um, you know what? That's an interesting question because if they picked on their own, what if they all picked the same queen? But then I guess given how one, each one went one at yeah. a time, they could have been like in their minds like, oh shit. Okay. Well, they picked the queen that I wanted to. So I'll only pick a different one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Vanessa saves Love Mississi. Trixie saves Maxie, who will scream her way to safety, which was very funny. She's getting a very cute edit. Yeah. Um, Michelle saves Aura. It's down to Tyga Brava and Miss Estrada. And Mel will save Tyga Brava, leaving Miss Estrada as the second queen to leave the competition. Um, she was so shocked that all she says is thank you and walks off. That was a gag. I was like, damn, girl, that's not the best way to leave. Because in my in my mind, when I got eliminated, that's how I was feeling. But I was also like, let me be professional and have a cute, clean, you know, edit of leaving and being like, Thank you, so much. you know what I mean? But yeah, no, after that, I was like, maybe you should have left. I don't know. Because you also have to think about what was she like backstage? If she was like a bitch to production, they could have been well, like, and, and that's what's really interesting is we did get that little clip of her being a diva. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that that's in bam, out. Like, in the first moment, seeing it, oh, okay, she's singing Diva, she's playing a Diva. But now, yeah. knowing what will happen later, it's almost like, yeah, we don't want you here, bye. Exactly. That's kind of what it's giving. And again, I'm glad that they eliminated, you know, one queen, I guess one queen per episode, kind of, because with the two and those two episodes, they eliminated two queens. Um, I'm just glad that they didn't eliminate half the cast. I agree. We're going to end this episode with 15 Queen of the Universe bumpers. Wow. All right. All right. Let's wrap this podcast up with burning questions. Mm. Do you think Queen of the Universe 2 has used their lessons from season one to improve on season two? Um, no. I think that watching this season, I was like, there, it seems like there's still things that they're trying to work out. No. I think that they've definitely improved some stuff like like i love like i said i love the fact that all of them got to come out and sing you know right off the bat um i think doing that little opening queen of the universe fantasy was really really fierce something different from season um one um i also like that we got to see them all in the workroom together and got to see them a little more out of drag i thought that was great um and i also love that they didn't eliminate six queens all at once but there were still things about it where you know how you can tell who's got to pick a song, who didn't get to pick their song. Um, and some of the judging is still giving like vibes from season one. 
after two episodes, the winner of the season is. Oh gosh. Um, right now I'm going to say Maxie. All right. I'm going to go Giselle. Um, she's uh, either way. I think those two are great options. Um, it's a fun cast. It's a fun show. And I'm, I'm so glad drag is all over the world. Yes, me too. I love seeing it. I love the fact that singing queens are getting their own show. Um, I, I do wish that the way that they were um, presenting it was a little different. But hey, beggars can't be choosers, I guess. It's true. All right. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Yes, I am at Novazar. That is N-O-V-A-C-Z-A-R. Um, um, some things that are coming out, I will be debuting a duet with a drag race season 11 contestant. I will not tell you who, but if you know who my drag mothers are, then maybe you, um, have an idea. Um, I'm also working all over New York city and maybe in a city near you. If you would like to book me, you can find me on Instagram, send me a DM. I do check my requests and you know, she's always got something up her sleeve. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being here and going through this journey with me. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor.